People, ils ont posé, ils ont tout le monde. For the podcast. Let me take a minute before you smell my breath on the podcast. I did want to ask you this too. Like, how often do they require porn stars to get tested? Well, now we're tested every fucking two weeks. It's really like strict. So my porn veins, they, they're like dying because it's every two weeks now. <laughs> Yeah, it used to be once a month, and now it's every two weeks. Back at it again, it's the Photo Culture Podcast. I go by the name Exotic Rose. I have my co-host, Money Mitch, and Lisa Marie. And today we have a special guest, Natasha Dreams. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Natasha, um, I, I wanted to ask you to this because um, when I first reached out to you, you had a different Instagram page, but now you got deleted again for the third time. What what happened? Yeah, like Instagram is really on my ass. I don't know. Like I had one page that I had for years and then it got deleted. Then I had another one and I built it up really quick and that got deleted. And then I made another one and then like the same day it got deleted. It's crazy. Instagram does not give me any breaks. It's probably some oh. troll, probably some troll yeah. deleting or reporting your page or something like that. Like a crazy fan or something. I feel like that's what it is. Yeah, because every time I post something, it's like solicitation, nudity, and I'm like, I'm not even nude in this picture and I'm not soliciting <laughs> anything. So what is going on? Or it could be a crazy ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. That, that too. That too. That's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a possibility. I date some crazy ones in my days. <laughs> I, think, I think we all been through that phase in our life. Yeah, but well, why I go through that phase that? yet? Yeah, Wait. like I mean, I have. Lisa. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, so we all had them. Yeah, we had our moments. Yeah, it could be one um, of us. But yeah, I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to start from where you're from because uh, you're mixed with a lot of things. Uh, one thing I heard that you say you was mixed with was Dominican, um, Dominican of uh, Dominican. So uh, where are you from and where you was raised at? So I'm, I have a mixture, Dominican, Native American, um, Cherokee Indian, and African American. And I'm from California, like San Diego. Okay. But and you, you, was you know what? Were you born in Dominican Republic or I was just... born in Dominican Republic and raised in San Diego, yeah. Okay. All right. So how was it growing up? Uh did you have your parents, both of your parents, father and dad, or you were like give us a little background information? Well, no, like I grew up well when I was like younger, I moved to USA and my parents split up. So I was raised by my mother and she like forbidden like any Spanish talking, any like heritage of that in my household so I had to like sneak and like talk Spanish with my friends and like on the low and um yeah then like I ended up moving out to New York when I was young oh wow wow okay I um, outgrew San Diego I was too big for San Diego <laughs> you know you know what I noticed about that like a lot like I'm sorry I didn't want to butt in but I was like, um, 
I noticed in the Dominican culture, like if something happens with like the family and like one side is Puerto Rican, one side is Dominican, like they'll, if something happens on the Dominican side, they don't want to claim the Dominican side. I noticed that because, you know, a lot of artists are like that. Like Trina, she's, she's half Dominican, but she doesn't like to say it to people because she said something happened from that side and she doesn't like to claim it, you know? So I don't know what happened, but, you know, I'm just bringing that up because I noticed that a little bit. Is that true? Or yeah, that think? happens a lot. It happens a lot. Yeah. Like you, you, you're like sh you have to shun the other side or whoever it is that, especially like in Latin culture, they hold like deep, deep, deep grudges, like to the grave. Oh, they sure do. Yeah, <laughs> to the grave. Wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't really know that, but um, I know one thing is true though. Um, well, I don't know how true this is now, but um. When I used to talk to Spanish girls back in like middle school, the the old heads used to not want their daughters dating a black man. That's another truth. But even though we are black, you know, we're we're just we're Afro Latinos, Latinas, Latin Latinx, whatever you want to call it, we're still black, which I don't really understand. But yeah, a lot of it is like that. Yeah, they say they say that Spanish people are black people that know how to swim and speak Spanish. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I like that one. All right. Um, so let's get into uh a little more details into like your life and everything like that. So um I heard you say one time that uh when you was growing up, your mom took you to the doctor to get tested for uh, HIV, and you said that was her way of her knowing that you were gay or trans. Trans, is that correct or? Yeah, like I guess she figured out. You know, I came, I grew up in that era when it was like HIV <laughs> was a big scan, and um, I never really right. like came out to her and told her like my sexuality. And at that point, I wasn't even sexually active, but I guess like that was her way of letting me know that she knew that I was different instead of just coming out and sitting me down and having the conversation. Yeah, she did that to me. I think I was about fourteen years old. And um, she like made that doctor's appointment and, and yeah, she took me like, okay, so what are you here for today? And she's like, yeah, my son is gay and he needs an HIV test. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so you as a kid, you as a kid hearing this, like how, like, how did it affect you? Like, did you like, were you just like, did that scar you or did you like, did you want her to, did you want her to approach a different way? Like. Of course, I would have loved to just like have her like sit down and have that conversation. And honestly, that traumatized me to like the fear of HIV and like the stigma. It created like a really bad stigma about it because the way that she treated it made me feel like it was like bad, you know? Yeah, the sad thing about it is uh, a lot of people when it comes to gay, trans, anything like that, they tend to go towards HIV. Um I think that's uh, that's like one of the number one fear of uh, even people going towards that path. The first thing that comes to their head is HIV. Like if you talk to doctors, uh, I think we had an interview with a doctor one time and he was telling us that anal sex is how you got H or how HIV started. Yeah, there's like a lot of misconceptions, but like, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, I think it is like a gay thing, but like a lot of 
straight women have it now too. Like the majority of the cases are like heterosexual women that get it from like their their significant other. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All but right. It did kind of like traumatize me and made me like really paranoid about it, and like I've, I've, I'm still stuck with that trauma to this day. To be honest. Oh, wow. So to this day, do you have a relationship with your mother? Like, is it better? Or do you guys have that? Like, is the relation like explain the relationship between you and your mother now? We have a really weird relationship. <laughs> she accepts me and everything for who I am. But like, she's not really good at communicating. So like, she'll do things like, to, like, and expect me to like, read her mind and stuff. So it's not really, we, we have a good relationship when we're good, but then we're, we don't talk and we'll fall out and like, we, we're not, we haven't, we're, at the moment we're not talking. So I don't know when we'll talk again, to be honest. But we, we're really close when we're close. Okay. All right, so this is all happening at 14 years old. Uh, you went to college after high school or like, tell us what happened after you graduated from high school. So I ended up running away from home and then I ended up like finishing school. Like I ended up moving in with my grandmother and I ended up home studies. And I finished like, I dropped out of school because I was like bullied a lot. And I was like, I wasn't really interested in what the school was teaching me at the time. And I was trying to find out who I was. So I dropped out of school like early and then like probably like 10, middle of 10th grade. And so then um, 10th or 11th grade, I think. And then I had to end up finishing high school, like home studies. I finished it in like two or three months. And then I went to, I moved to Seattle because I was going to go to beauty school. And then I got kicked out of beauty school. (laughs) And then uh, (laughs) I got kicked out of beauty school. And then I started working like at like writing and stuff and like cosmetic things. And then I ended up getting a job at this porn shop this uh, graveyard ship at a porn shop that had a peep show and and then I ended up like working there for like a while (laughs) saving money and then I moved to New York and I like transitioned and I became finally I finally found my place here in New York okay and um I know I said I heard you say one time when you was in New York uh I forgot which part of New York but there was a time and place where there was a time where you didn't even go outside because every time you walked outside, people would assault you. Not assault you, but harass you, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah. That's like probably when I was living in the Bronx. Like my first apartment was in the Bronx and I was like younger. And it was, this was many years ago. So it wasn't like so much knowledge about trans. And yeah, I would really get harassed on my, <laughs> on my street and when I would go to the store and stuff. So I kind of wouldn't leave the house because. I would wait until like really late at night so not everybody was outside because they would like ridicule me and like and make like loud sounds like it was a Jamaican French neighborhood. So it was like a, so I would be like they would make those sounds like blah 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 blah. And I would, like, no, I can only imagine because I have Jamaican friends and I'm, I'm around a lot of Jamaicans. And to them, that's like a taboo for anybody that's gay or trans. Yeah, they would be like, Bachi boy, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh my God, like, can you just like leave me alone? I'm just trying to get some like Dominican food or like go to the Rite Aid or something. And like every time they would like harass me. But then also, 
the same guys that would harass me or like trying to do stuff to me was the same guys that late at night, <laughs> same guys late at night trying to holler at the drugstore. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that. Always is. Like it's a lot of people that always say the opposite of something, and they're so against it. And I always watch those people that say, "Oh, I'm," oh, they're they're like super against something, and that they're the same ones. Cause they caught, they caught is a, I think he was a, a mayor or something in, in Alabama and he was against gay marriage and gay, you know, this and that. And then come to find out somebody walked in on him messing with his, um, uh, his, uh, his personal assistant, which was a guy caught him red handed. Yeah. That's and always the case. Oh, yeah, that's always the case. With children. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I heard stories about that. But yeah. Preach. Preach fast the clock. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you notice that about everything. Not even just, you know, gay, like, you know, like if it's something with, you know. Yeah, like in general, gay, I know what you're saying, yeah. Like every, yeah, every subject. So I noticed it. I noticed that a lot. Yeah, yeah those will be the first ones, like, you know, to try to, like, stop me when I'm, like, on a, on the going home upstairs and, like, try to invite themselves upstairs. And I'm like, do you honestly think, like, you make my life miserable, you tease me, you torment me, and then you think I'm going to sleep with you just because, like, you give me the time of day? Like, what is really going on here? <laughs> uh, I feel like that's usually how it goes, though. Yeah, the story of my life. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, so uh, you go to New York at 19. Uh, why New York City at all places? Because it's awesome. So, yeah, no, I had, a of, I had like a good friend of mine from San Diego had moved here and he was like working in this drag queen restaurant and he was like writing us letters because, you know, that this was back before, you know, I'm not going to say how old I am, but it was like, you know, you write letters to each other to communicate. And we would just like read all these letters about all the clubs and how it was so much fun and like how much guys he was hooking up with and stuff and I was like 18 years old at the time and I just wanted to get away from where I was at and like expand and I knew like New York was a big city so I was like you know what so he would write us letters and write us letters and like enticing us and then he's like hey I can get you guys a job at the restaurant that I work at and then um you can um live in this hotel it's like 150 dollars a week it's like a, you know one of those really sleazy hotels and um, like, he's like, just come over and come over, come over. So me and my best friend at the time was still my best friend. We're like, yeah, let's go. So we ended up like, like robbing, like stealing money from the grave, from the uh, porn shop because like they were really treating us really bad, like underpaying us and like they didn't treat us right. So then like we got this great idea. Like we were like ringing up stuff at the porn shop and like we would just keep the money. And then like we saved enough money to like move to New York. And it was funny because in the porn shop, like um, after the strippers would leave, it was like a peep show as well. And after the strippers would leave, the guys were like, straight guys, of course, will come. And like, this was before my transition. I was just like very feminine, but you couldn't really tell if I was a girl or a boy. I looked and everybody mm -hmm. used to think I was a girl. And like the guys would come in after the girls would left and be like, to me and my girlfriend, who were obviously boys, like feminine boys, they'll be like, hey, can you guys do a show for us? And we would be like, uh no because you know it's like all regulated like timers and stuff and they would have known so we ended up just like saving money like doing that working and the peep show working at the um, porn shop and like taking a little extra cash and then we moved to new york just 
to come to New York. Like, who wouldn't want to come to New York? You see it in the movies and stuff. And we had a job and we had a place to stay. So we just came, like, on a whim. I feel like that New York's, like, the go-to for people to, like, just find themselves and, like, explore and be artistic. Yeah, because you can be who you want to be here. Like, there's so many people here. Like, you know, I would see, like, people dressed up crazy and like, you know, no, walking down the street and nobody would bother them. And I'm like, wow, this is the place to be, you know? Nobody would bother me. Like nobody would bully me. You can be who you want to be. So I moved here. And um, and then like a two weeks later, like I, I started working at the job, the restaurant. And then I met my first transgender and I was like, wow, like this is me, like who I am. And then like a week later, I was on hormones and like started transition and like a week after that I was living my life as a woman completely don't you feel like those hormones give you like the ultimate headaches and like all of that as well oh my god they make you so emotional they make you eat a lot they make you cranky like especially in the beginning like I was overdosing because I really wanted to be like a woman and be as feminine as possible so I was thinking so much and I know it probably wasn't good because it's unregulated. I was buying it from the street at the time. But I didn't care. I was, like, taking two shots a week and pills and testosterone blockers and everything. Yeah, I was See, just my cousin did the pills, but it's just crazy because, you know, it, it, it causes a lot of changes, too, around your body. Yeah, yeah it's so bad. I was just about to ask y'all, like, where do you guys get, like, where do you get these hormones? I know you just said you got from the street. But um, so, so I used to actually um, there was like this, there was this guy, and he was like a pharmacist, and um, we have was estradiol, just, like, right? Yeah, it was no, it was Premarin pills, and we would take oh. spironolactone for the testosterone blockers, and he would just like no, I don't know, I think somebody hooked me up with him, and like I would just, we would just like order from him all the time. And I would just have him. And then there was like another woman that she would go to the club, like literally, and give you like 20, that was $20. And you get a hormone shot in the bathroom stall of the club. What? Like oh. while you're doing your little game. Your little it's on. always the black yeah. market undercover stuff yeah. no one knows about. Yeah. And then you would go to her house, which it was <laughs> sad too, because now to think of it, she was HIV positive. Whoa. And she was, she was like, you know, she was like giving us injections and I wasn't thinking to check if it was a fresh needle or anything, you know what I mean? I was just so right. naive back then. I just wanted to be a woman so bad that I just was like, okay, let's do this. So, right, yeah. It takes. yeah, I'm like, oh, you got hormones? Like what kind you got? Like, okay, let, get, how much is it? Here you go. Let me take as many as I can. So that's where we, it was like a word of mouth thing. You would tell your girlfriends like your girlfriend's like oh I have this number you're like give it to me and you would call him up and he would bring it over his name was Ralph he was so sweet he used to sell hormones to all of us <laughs> yeah I wonder what happened to him he was so sweet <laughs> she's like I wonder what happened to him well this is like oh. 20, 20 years ago yeah that's crazy um, so what are your thoughts on um, when people, uh, I heard a conversation, I think it was Joe Rogan, where they were talking about um, that they don't think that doctors and parents should give their kids that are like underage these shots and pills. I disagree because um, like my mother, we had a talk about it and she said she always knew I was different from day one. And 
you are well that's my question too like i my daughter actually has a best friend who uh she's now you know changed her name completely she can't do you know the hormones because she's only eight but they did legally Uh, do a name change and she goes by you know is a name and then versus her her normal name and you know now uses the like the girl's bathroom with certain escorts you know like that parents allowed her to so that way she's not going to like the boys but everyone now identifies you know to her as you know, her rather than yeah. him. And so, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of parents don't understand necessarily about, um, you know, what that is or why and explaining it to their kids and stuff like that. And some, you know, they think that it's, I, I mean, I have a lot of family members that are gay, trans, lesbian, everything. So, you know, there's no discriminating in my household. So if I were to jump up and say that, my parents would be like, oh, yeah, you know, but everyone's different. So I know a lot of, you know, people in school don't understand and a lot of parents have questions. And I feel like it is, like you said, one of those things where you do know, like I know my cousins were different. They were not, you know, you just can tell. I feel like it's one of those things where there are certain circumstances where I feel like there is that, how would I explain it? I think you get maybe what I'm saying, like how you kind of you just know it's one of those things where you just kind of know no matter what age you are, whether you're three, four or five, if you pick up Barbies and Frozen as opposed to like cars and playing football. Like, I mean, it's, I think those are like in- little indicators, you know what I mean? And yeah, I think that totally. you don't have to like shift away. So I do give props to the parents for actually like going with the flow of, you know, their child doing what she wants to do and what she feels. And, you know, everyone's just kind of like been on board with it. But I do think a lot of people don't understand that sometimes you just, you know, at a young age, and it may be more beneficial to start it at a younger age, if you're aware of it. I don't know. I don't know if I, I would agree with that totally. Because I know guys that wore their mother heels and did stuff like that, and they didn't turn out gay or anything like that. So I, I don't that's know. That's just fun. That's just like girls wearing basketball shorts. Right, right. Well, yeah, like, but even 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 with the Barbie doll thing, I know I've seen people play with that at a young age, and they didn't turn out to be gay or any kind of any kind of change or anything like that. So I don't know if I agree with that part, but um. Yeah, I feel like um, at a certain age, I guess you 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 do, you do what you want to do as a person. You know what you want to be, and do that. Um, but I don't know if a thirteen year old, ten year old, or eleven year old know exactly what they want or what they are because I think we well, all do were confused, you have family confused, members that are confused at, at that age. I think that to be honest with you, I disagree because I knew that I felt like a woman since as young as I can remember and I always wanted people to address me as a woman and so I knew that like five six like playing house with the five, kids six? and I was young? yeah yeah I was like the mother and I would be in the kitchen like cooking because I I, I identified myself as a woman I felt like a woman so this was yeah like five years old six years old so I disagree I have friends of mine that have just had like general reassignment surgery at like 16. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh. you know. Like, yeah, I 15, feel like it's one of the exactly, yeah. you just know. Like, you, like, we know when you're, you know, 13, 14, you don't know about the world and your life, but you know how to tie your shoes, you know how to like 
you know, do certain things, I feel like it's just one of those things you just you, you know. know how you feel on the inside, you know, you know how you know how you feel, you know how like you want people to portray you. You know that at a young age, you know. You it know is, how you want people to address yeah. you. I, what, what I was gonna, what I was gonna it's say just like was, us I, being as dressed as like I'm I'm a woman, you're a guy, you know, we already yeah. know what we are. So it's kind of like the same thing. Just they don't really have an option. Cause, okay, because like the thing like with that is like how I'm looking at it is like, you know, they're so young and, you know, like how you felt, Natasha, like, like you felt like you, like you were a woman or, you know, a girl. So of course you feel like that. And of course, you know, there are some gay guys that they, what they call them, what flamboyant that are not all the way through, you know, but they're, they have their ways that are feminine more than some other, you know, I'm just giving an example for the guys, you know? I think that's I more of like metrosexual. Well, but no, but I mean, like, I work with a guy who they call us flamboyant, you know what I'm saying? And he's yeah. cool. You know? But what I mean is what I'm, where I'm getting at is really, you know, how did you know if you wanted to go all the way at that age? Because imagine if, you know, a kid is taking, you know, like like a, a boy is taking the estrogen and all of these different pills and shots. But when they get older, like, yo, I didn't really want to go that far. They just wanted to be gay and not, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm not, you know. I've, I, I, in my experience as trans, there's, I've only known maybe like a handful and I have fingers left over of girls that were trans that transitioned back to being what they were before. The majority of us like know what we want and this is, and we like work hard to be who we are. Got it. Got yeah, you. I don't, I don't think that like, I know some people do it for the wrong reasons, and I think that's probably why they go back to being what they were because they truly inside of them that wasn't what they was. But I cannot imagine being any other way. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I was. I always wanted to ask that question to you know, like somebody who's you know who's trans trans you know transgender and has made the transitions because yeah, that's that was interesting. All right. Yeah, some like I said, some people do it for the wrong reasons and like, you know, maybe they'll feel like they're connected and then later on in the line they can be like, Okay, well no, I, I you know, but it's also about it also gets confused with sexuality too, because you know, a lot of trans women are still attracted to women and then they feel like it's weird because they're women and they're you know, they're attracted to women. So I think it messes with their head mentally, so they end up like going, but there's nothing wrong with two women being together either. So it's just, right. it's a crazy dynamic. Yeah, it sounds like a, a handful to handle. It sounds like it's hard to deal with. Well, but um, I think it's important that people ask questions though, because you're able to understand where they're coming from as opposed to just like not understanding and think you understanding, thinking you understand, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like to educate people as much as possible because people have these misconceptions and like, oh, you know, all of you guys do this to like have sex or you do this just to like, you know, but there's people like us, like me, who I honestly dreamed when I was younger, like, you know, people are like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was thinking to myself, I wouldn't say it out loud, but I'm like, I want to be a woman. <laughs> that's all I wanted. Like, that's all I wanted. I didn't think of anything else. All right. Um, so let's get back into, uh, so you was in New York, you was a waitress. Then after mm -hmm. that, you was uh, doing a waitress thing. Um, 
you ended up modeling for Patricia Field, one of her yeah. shows on uh, ice skating or something like that. Yeah, I actually was talking about it yesterday. It was a Patricia Fields fashion show. And, you know, Patricia Fields had all, like, the club kids of the moment. It was, like, that era of club kids and the huge clubs and everything. And she did Sex in the City, too. Yeah, she did Sex in the City after that. But this is, like, before that. Or, no, this is probably during. And she was, like, really big. And, like, I would go there all the time and buy, like, my hair balls and, like, cute little cute cheap clothes because I was kind of broke. And um, she just asked me one day, I was like walking in and she's like, hey, you want to be in my fashion show? And I'm like, sure. Like I knew everybody from the store and they were like really cool with me. So she asked me to do a fashion show and I'm like, she's like one condition. I'm like, what? She's like, it's on ice. And I was like, okay. Like I did figure skating as a child, rollerblading, like all the active stuff. So I knew how to ice skate, luckily. And I did my first fashion show, yeah. And it was on ice, and it was, like, a big deal, like, the papers. I mean, it was, it was in Rockefeller Center on the skate rink there. So it was, like, oh, a really yeah, big deal. Yeah, it was really big deal. They, I guess they had rented it out for the whole fashion show. It was crazy, and they, like, bust us in from Patricia Fields, which was on 8th Street at the time. It was really fun, actually. It was on newspapers and everything. Pretty cool. Well, it's good. It's something that you get to, like, have an accomplishment for and look back on. Yeah, and then I got scouted there, like, by an agent. And they are like, oh, you should be a model. Like, we're going to send you to Europe and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. And then, like, next thing you know, I'm in Italy. Like, Wow. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I, almost got, I almost got sex trafficked, though. But Yeah, oh, I was no. about to bring that up. I was about to bring that up. Um, how did that happen? Because yeah. I know you said somebody in the store or somebody like that saved you or something like that. Yeah, so I was, like, going – I was in Italy, and this is back when I didn't speak Italian. I was, like, my first time there. And I was, like, going to castings. And I remember I was, like, going to, like, some big castings, big fashion houses – and then I was like in between castings and this guy like on the street was like, oh, hey, Roberto Cavalli casting, you know, and he, of course, like, I'm young and I'm stupid. I don't know, like, you can't meet a guy from the street and they go on a casting. I don't know anything about modeling and I didn't know the language either. So the guy's like, hey, come to this, there's this casting here, whatever. And I was luckily at this cafe and an angel because the guy in the cafe was like no here like I think he gave me like a coffee or something so I can stay there at the cafe because that guy did not had nothing to do with Roberto Cavalli or casting or anything you don't get castings from strangers on the street number one like right, you get from right, your right. agency and you have that and like you'll go and there'll be like other models there not just like a random guy so the guy in the cafe like ended up saving me because I think he like gave me an extra coffee or like hot chocolate. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to stay. And the guy's like, no, but you know, the casting, they'll love you. You'll do the show. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stay here. And then I come to find out like that was no Roberto Cavalli casting, you know, it was like a, 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 there was somebody like crying on young models who don't, don't know the language. And I could have been right, sex trapped, area. Like, literally. Yeah, I could have been literally like in some sort hey. how, how did you? How did you find out? I found out later because, like, I was, like, trying to search for, and, like, when I end up going to, like, the other castings, I'm, like, asking the other models, I'm, like, hey, did you guys go to Roberto Cavalli casting? They're, like, no. And I'm, like, oh. Because, I mean, if it's a big casting, like, other models would have went. Nobody heard of it. Nobody knew anything of it. They're, like, there's no Roberto Cavalli casting today. And I'm, like, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I I believe it. 
I wonder what happened to them, to whoever went. Like, did they escape? Or... That's I don't crazy. know. God only knows. But yeah, there's these people out here preying on like young models. I've heard a couple like scary stories like that happen in Italy, for example. Wow. It happened at this point. It happens everywhere around the world. So I'm not even like surprised. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They prey on like young girls. I mean, there was like this guy. I, I, I think it was two guys, to be honest. So, I mean, I couldn't, I didn't even have to stand a chance. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, for sure. Wow. Well, you never know. Sometimes yeah. that adrenaline kicks in, you know. <laughs> but I was like a hundred and like. 20 pounds you know like super skinny super tall like young and naive like they kind of probably did whatever to me <laughs> wow. um, since you since you since, since you was in the porn industry from your opinion do a lot of sex traffic go through there no not at all like i, I i've heard like very rare cases but everybody that i know through all the years of the industry are willing and they want to do what they're doing like i've never met anyone like on set and they'll be like not want to be there like we're all just like horny individuals that we want to just have sex and get paid for it and have fun <laughs> okay because uh we did an interview with a guy named benji and um he has a organization where he's trying to shut down Pornhub. So what are your thoughts on that? Because of the sex trafficking he's saying that's going through there, there's videos on Pornhub where there's a lot of videos where that's traumatizing young girls that got out of sex traffic and they're on Pornhub website. And he, and what I was trying to explain to him is like, that, uh, that's it's gonna, it's gonna be hard to do because that, that, that organization is hard. I mean, it's big and what he was trying to say, if they can't shut it down, at least they need to like regulate it better. Like, have somebody able to control which videos get posted up and around that website. We were uh, and we I was talking about that with like this um, groups that I'm in, and the thing about that is like people upload videos to Pornhub a, a day, probably like a, a, a huge number of right. So it goes unseen. So to be able to yeah, to be able to out all of that it's not going to be possible but i don't feel that personally i don't i think pornhub the problem with pornhub is that has a lot of racist porn and like de derogatory things against black people more than sex trafficking to be honest in my personal opinion because there's like um you can google now like some um porn that's like the girl saying like oh n-word give me that nd and all that stuff and like i'm like i feel like that's the bigger problem than um, sex trafficking because I don't right. really feel there's any sex trafficking. I, personally, I don't know because all the girls that I know, like the big names are not, they would do it willingly and they've been doing it for years. So I feel like also what happens too is like girls get into the industry and then, you know, they regret it or something and they they don't be yeah, as successful as they want to do. Yeah, and then they want to say that they were sex traffic or something, you know, or they were forced to do it. But at the end of the day, it's especially now, it's really hard to get forced into porn. Like, there's no way. Like, you have to sign too many things. You have to go get tested. You have to like have your 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 um your dialogue sent to you the day before and the outfits and everything. It's so like you can't just like force somebody to do that. 
Right, it's too planned. Yeah, it's very planned. Especially with testing. They pay for sets and all of that, no? They pay for sets. They used to pay for your testing. They fly you in. Like, it's kind of like, I don't think it's that possible to be there if you don't want to. Now, they do, like, interviews before that you have to stay, like, you're willingly, you're there willingly, you're not on drugs, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, because it's not like a strip club. No, especially now people want to cover their ass because of all these allegations of sex trafficking. I don't, I don't, I think it's like a a hate crusade against porn because probably like some like religious people, because I did hear, read an article about it, it's like this religious group and they did like this hardcore thing against Pornhub and like saying that it's trafficking hub. But like, I know a lot of representation, people that are representatives of Pornhub personally, and they just said like, that's bullshit. I mean, they could just be saying that because they work there, but. Right, true. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Benji's group is a religious group actually. You see, there you go. (laughs) Um, But, um, okay. So I wanted to step back and um, get back into your modeling days. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard you say that there was an issue where you was talking about when you go backstage, there would be older white men. When you go backstage to, uh, to like change or, dress, or undress, there'd be older white men that'd be sitting there watching the young girls and some of the girls are underage. Yeah, that just happened recently. Like you would think like we're making a change in the industry, but I last season, well, not last season because it was canceled because of COVID. But before that, I did a show and um, it was like a huge show. And it was on the Housewives of Beverly, no, Housewives of New York. And um, Tinsley Mortimer, the girl, was inside in the show. And so we had like a dressing room, but it was like a open area where we were getting changed. And like to the left was like just a, a line of photographers, like 40, 50s plus. And yeah, there were like underage girls in, in the show, like 17, you know, 15, you know, modeling, you start young. So yeah, it happens a lot. And like people are fighting for that now because what they do is they take pictures of you while you're changing as well, which is not, you're not supposed to have pictures of us changing. Like you're supposed to have pictures of us in our, in our, in our, and whatever they have us in, but not like. But I feel like and... they still do that now. They there's do. There's plenty yeah, of they... times where I've worked fashion shows, New York Fashion Week, and you know, there's always older photographers and there's little girls back there or kids, and you know, I'm not saying they intentionally do it, but you know, in general, it is like that. So I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so perverted. Like the other day. I did the show. I had it like I put, chose to change in the bathroom because I'm like there's it's like an open room. There's like camera people, the other models, male and female. Like it's you don't have any like you don't have any privacy. That's crazy. Um, yeah, that's really crazy. So, what was your yeah. thoughts on um Jeffrey Epstein? Like his whole story. What's your thoughts on that? Uh- well, I, I lived in Miami and I know I knew like some young girls that would like date rich guys and stuff for money because I guess that's like a Miami vibe. So I I'm, I totally believe that. Like I'm pretty sure I know some of those girls personally because that's the way that Miami kind of operates. It's like, you know, the playground of the rich and they have money and they want what they want and 
and the girls are young. They want money too. They want to, you know, have nice things because everybody in Miami has nice things. So that happens. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not see. for it. Yeah, I'm not for it. I'm like against it, you know. But I mean, when I was younger, I was dating an older man. <laughs> so I was underage and I was dating like um my friend's uncle who was like 38 and I was like 17. Dang. So, I mean... Oh yeah, my best friend. She she loves dating older guys. Like she, even when she was like twenty five, she'd be dating a forty year old, and I would never understand that. Yeah, it's but like it's when just you're some people. It's just their thing. Like, and you know, I don't know. Some women just don't like little kids. No, when you're younger, you want to feel older too. You want to be like rebellious and stuff. So I feel like you know you want to grow up, so you end up dating older. Are doing those kind of things, like the Epstein kind of things, like oh, some guys are offering you like two hundred dollars. You're like, okay, like two hundred dollars for two hundred five times. That's a thousand dollars. At fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, you balling. <laughs> yeah, facts. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly like how balling. they think. They're like, yeah. yeah, they're going to. I just made more than my parents the whole yearly salary. Yeah, they got the new sneakers, the new backpack, you know, the new everything out. Like, how did you get that? Oh, you know, I work. Mm-hmm. So you you in you're in New York, or well, you mm-hmm. come you go you go back to New York, and then you ended up going to Miami with your. Uh, well, actually, before you leave Italy, you was dating this guy where he was in love with you and he was ready to like settle down with you and everything, but instead you leave Italy. Yeah, I did. Because I was there and nobody knew that I was trans. Like my, I was there with my girlfriend and she's trans, but she has her full surgery. So she's living in stealth. Like, so nobody knew she was trans. So when I came there, she never told anybody I was trans. So I ended up meeting this rich guy. He was a banker. He fell in love with me and we were dating. And then like, he wanted me to stay there, but I couldn't like, I couldn't stay because, like, he wanted me to move in with him and his mother and everything. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? Like, you know, he didn't know I was trans. So I had a boyfriend at the time back in New York that knew everything was going on. So I was like, I just told the guy from Italy, I'm like, hey, you know, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm going to, like, finish my things. And then I never went back. So bad. Wow. Yeah, so you leave Italy. Um, nobody knew you was a trans. When you was modeling, did anybody knew you was trans too or no? No. Mm-mm. It was like a secret. Why did you keep it a secret? Were you not comfortable in your skin yet? Or... I mean, back then it was not as, it wasn't popular. It wasn't like, you know, and my agency had told me, like, make sure you don't let anybody know. And so that was like, I went under those pretenses that, you know, there was trans modeling didn't exist like I didn't even really know any other trans model I didn't know any other trans model so it was like a a good thing you have to just keep it a secret and it's kind of sad because like you're not keeping it true to yourself like you know at the end of the day yeah I feel like that's the worst part too yeah it's not good like you always have to like lie and try to like not let anybody find out and then the worst part is like if you want to get intimate with somebody what do you do 
like, you yeah, know, you you're like stuck. Yeah, you can't. And like the guy, I really liked him. He was really nice. He was a very sweet guy. But like I couldn't be intimate with him like completely. He wanted to. I wanted to, but I couldn't. So Why I was, didn't like, you know, just tell him? Because um, um, it would jeopardize my girlfriend. It would bring heat to her, you know, and she didn't want anybody to know that she was trans. So, you know, if I would have said I was trans. Right, right. She, oh, they would have. Red flag. So she was trans, guilty by association, you know? Yeah, I see what you said. What are your thoughts yeah. of when, uh, so I see, I hear stories where guys are dating a girl, he's about to get married to her, and then that's when she decides to tell him that he's a trans, or she's a tr she's trans now. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that she should have been told her, told him that from the beginning, or do you think, like, what are your thoughts on that? So for me, it's difficult because, like, I've done that before, and, like, I used to do that like I used to date guys and I wouldn't like tell them until I got to know them and then it would get serious but then like they would feel like I'd lie to them but like I feel like I also feel like when you tell someone that you're trans from the beginning they automatically have this like stereotype about you and they don't even have the chance to get to know you as a person so I wouldn't say like it's like going to meet your your like spouse's parents you know right you don't tell all <laughs> your you don't give all your cards on the first time like you need to get to know somebody and like I've had this argument with people people like oh you should say it like you should be proud of it and I'm like yeah and no because it doesn't still have like a good uh word in the streets like you know people still like are, it's very unknown so people automatically make all these weird assumptions about you and you don't want people to make those assumptions about you from the gut like you know they don't even give the opportunity they always have this vision of you so I wouldn't say like wait to get married but I wouldn't tell I would I don't tell like I do now and like I'm a big name or whatever but I didn't you tell guys for months I would date them and get have them get to know me and then I would say they were trans and I will say nine times out of ten, they didn't like it, but they all came back to like try it afterwards. Okay, so when you okay, were you intimate with them at first before? Well, like or? you know, as far as intimate as I could be, you know, like oral sex or whatever. And sometimes, like, I used to pretend like I had the, you know, um my period and have them do like anal sex, stuff like that. I, I used to get some tricks from the older girls of how to like hide everything and like have sex without them knowing. And I did that for like a while, but then I'm like, this is no fun. Like I want to enjoy myself too. So I would be as intimate as I could possibly be, but you can't really do much. You could, but you can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to tell me ahead of time. That's I feel like I feel like I should as a man, I need to know I have the right to know. Like I don't I don't think it's fair to not tell me what I'm getting into. That's like you telling me like, "Oh, you killed somebody. Like you're undercover killer to me. I feel like you're like an undercover killer, but you don't tell me till later on." That's what my friend said. She's like, oh, you know, it's what if it's like if you were married and I'm like, well, it's kind of like different. Like, you know what I'm saying? And honestly, your genitals don't make you who you are, to be honest. So I don't feel like you need to go and be like, hey, like my genitals don't match my appearance, like not from the get go, because I don't think that's important. If you're going to get to that point and get sexual and everything, be like, hey, yes, give the person the decision to move forward. But from the beginning, like, you don't, 
you're not going to people that you meet every day. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm uncircumcised. You know what I mean? Or, hey, I have nine inches. Like, that's personal things that you should only share with people that you're going to be intimate with. Right. Because then if it goes nowhere in a sense. Yeah, but before before we get intimate, though, I feel like you should know. You don't have to tell them in the beginning, but before we get intimate, I feel like I should know. And another is let's get past the whole sex thing. The fact that you lied, first of all, you're lying. It's not lying. It's withholding truth. Lying. I feel like I, I get it. I get what Rose is saying, but then I feel like that's not really a lie. That's just not telling. You didn't ask, right. so no one it's told. Not a you lie. didn't see, exactly. so you didn't inquire. So why do you exactly. really have to like? I don't know. I'm very private. I have like a 90 day rule, so I feel like within those 90 days, I get to know you. You don't need to know my business other than what right. I'm like telling you. That's why. That's so, why I feel like. You shouldn't be having sex or doing anything anyway, with, like you said. Well, no, exactly. Rule. You got ninety days to get to know somebody. Yeah, After get that, to know the person. You yeah, like, jump ship, then you know. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel violated if you like we do anything and then you don't tell me. I just feel like you lied to me. It just, I feel like you didn't give me the choice. That's just me personally. That's how I feel. Yeah, no, you have every right to feel that way. And like to trick someone into with sexual things, like, and I've done it before, it's not a good look. Like, you know, I don't, I, I regret it. Like, you, I would love to give that person the option to know what's going on because then it makes it better for both parties, you know? Yeah, you want to be with that person because he understands you. He fully understands you. And he want to be with you. By you doing yeah. all that, I just feel like that person don't know you really because... He did, but he the wasn't... thing is with like, go ahead, sorry. Us, like men with a toxic masculinity, like when you tell guys, for example, and even to this day, when you tell guys that you're trans, like they automatically think that you're going to sleep with them just because you're trans. So that's the struggle that we have as trans. Like people think we're hypersexual and I have to like literally drop, bend over the minute I meet you because I'm trans. And that's why a lot of trans don't like to tell guys that because they automatically become fetishized. And that's not what we're about. We want to be treated like everybody else. We want to be taken out and the car door open. We want to be taken to dates. We don't want the guys to just come inside at our house at night because he knows that we're trans. And before they know that you're trans, they don't treat you that way. But as soon as they know you're trans, they're worried about if their friends are going to know, or am I gay? And like all these questions come in that would have never came into play if you didn't say that. Because attraction is there, obviously, you know? And that's the, that's the problem. It's the toxic masculinity that makes us trans people not be so upfront because we get automatically judged, we get fetishized, and, that, and then we, we're not treated like a person that we are. At the end of the day, we're human. We're just like everybody else. We have emotions, we bleed, we cry, we sleep, we eat, we shit. So to treat us differently just because we have different genitals, we're, we're born with different genitals and what we represent, I, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not for that. Yeah, I don't agree you guys should be treated differently. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I forgot what I was about to say. I just had a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> um I can't with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh shit. <laughs> yeah, so uh so what are your thoughts on uh Donald Trump when he revokes the transgender health protection? Oh, that's crazy. Like I was so frustrated about that and you know, it's it's bad enough like we have 
to deal with like society and our parents and everything. And then the fact that we get to, they tried to deny us healthcare and you can't be in the military. It's just so crazy because the same people that have taken away all of the rights are the same people that behind the closed doors are seeking us out. So you think, uh, you think Trump is in a closet? I mean, some of his staff, I'm sure. I don't know about him personally, but I know, I personally know and was dating one of his friends. So they're out there. They're out there. They are all out there. Yeah, I know. I know know you're happy that he lost. Yes, I am. My friend is happy too because my friend wasn't like their friends, but he didn't believe in like his politics and stuff. So I'm glad, yes, that we have a change in office. Let's see what it brings. Okay. And then um, what it brings. with this, uh, I know that uh, with his little, I guess Obama gave transgender rights and he was trying to revoke everything. Well, he did revoke it. Whereas part of those protections or the health protection was that, were, was transgenders trying to, have the insurance or the health programs pay for their surgery? Like, what was the whole the whole thing about? Like, well, yeah, they actually we do have that now, like here in New York. But I guess it was that, like, they did. But it's also like transition is expensive. Okay, so whatever help that you can get from the government, from your healthcare, is is needed. You know, and that's why a lot of us result to sex work and and doing what. We have to do that way because transition is not cheap. Give me a roundabout price. How much? How much are we talking? It's, it's like eighty thousand dollars, and then you gotta pay like every month or every year or so. No, for like the shots and the continuous checkups, and it's not like a one shot stop and you're yeah, done. It's like, like, yeah, it's like yeah, you have to get your breasts done. You have to do whatever. Then you have to like. Get and your you hair done, your nails. First, and they check your psychology or whatever, your yeah. psychiatrist to make sure yeah. you're like mentally there. Yeah. It's a whole you process. I've had you have to do like oh, hair yeah. removal and everything. That is crazy. It's they clip, lot. clip too, right? They clip, clip. Clip, clip too. Yeah. Dang. So, how's that process? Did you get, did you go through that procedure or? I did. Didn't you really... only get the, the, you know, your testicles. Yeah, it was a really scary procedure. I did it like in this office in like White Plains and like it was after hours and the guy was like retired and I was literally awake when he did it. It was a very scary situation. I'll never forget that day for the rest of my life. (laughs) That sounds painful. Yeah, I was was awake. I was totally awake. I I remember Uh... feeling like the pulling from like here when they like pulled everything out and like cut and my legs yeah. like jumped and they had to like give me more medicine and everything it was crazy it was really really crazy but with that being said I don't regret it because then like I can take less hormones I'm like more you know possible my body changed everything changed okay yeah that's oh girl you have me going crazy <laughs> I don't even want to know how that feels. You got to do Jesus. what you got to do. Ah. Yeah, the recovery is the bench. Yes, I can tell you that. It's the bench. Dang. All right. So, and that, once they do that, that turns into a vagina or like, give me, like, give me some insight. No, you just have, 
You just have like I just removed my testicles at this point, but you I'm gonna go for the full surgery eventually. But right now I still have yeah, it just like the skin that's there, it just like flat it gets flat and you're you're fine. But it also helps you like when you have to like do your tucking because you don't have all that bulkiness down there. Oh, so Lord. it looks like really flat. How long does it take yeah, to recover? Yeah, you can't tell, right? Yeah, you can't tell. Recovery is yes. Recovery. Oh my God, yes, yes. <laughs> recovery <laughs> is like you need to hit up Lisa when you Re come down to Miami or Florida. She does hair and makeup. Lisa, let's do it, girl. Yes, that's what contact. I do. <laughs> I contacts, girl. Um, recovery is a while because you gotta like. You have to um, do like Epsom salt bath. You have to like go like, it's really crazy to be honest. I, it's like one of the most painful things I did. Then you have like these ghost pains as well. Like I had it for like the first two years like where you would get this feeling like someone like literally kicked you really hard in the in there and it was like aching so bad. And there's nothing you can do. You just have to go to like the, um, you just had to go to the take a bath and soak and pray that it goes away. It's really bad. I, I mean, but at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that's crazy. You know? uh, yeah. So uh, from yeah. New York, you go to Miami and you start escorting. Yeah. Uh, what made you start escorting? And I know you moved down with your boyfriend. Started, well, I started escorting when I was in, in New York because I was working at the restaurant and all my friends like were transitioning like really quick and getting all these surgeries. So I was like, how are you guys doing this? And um, I ended up like, they ended up telling me how they did it. So they ended up hooking me up with this madam that had like houses here in New York. At first she didn't want to take me in because I was black and like she had bad experience with a black girl that robbed her. So she was like really hesitant of like taking me in. And then my friends like begged her for months and then she finally took me in. Then I was escorting, then I met this guy that I was dating and we ended up moving to Miami. And then that's when they contacted me about a porn movie. And I was like, well, I mean, fuck it. I'm like already having sex for money anyways. And, and I was like, well, who am I gonna do it with? And they offered me to do it with my partner at the time. And I did my first porn movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I was paying bills and rents and everything back then. Yeah, I got, it got my deposit for this apartment that I moved into. It was like $500 apartment. I got I got $1,500 for the porn. We had first month, last month deposit, like moved right in, you know? It was like my first apartment in Miami, South of Fifth. So, you know, it was like really bad neighborhood at that time, but yeah. And, okay. then the rest, and then I didn't do porn for a while because, like, my boyfriend was kind of, like, jealous. And so then I would just do webcam. And then we broke up. And then I ended up, um, we broke up. And then I ended up, like, my girlfriend took me to L.A. to shoot some pictures and stuff. And then I met this porn star guy. And then I came back to New York. And then I was at this party, like, a transgender party, like, strip party. And I met this guy, porn star, Christian X. 
and he like fell in love with me and he's like, oh, I want to, I want to do a movie with you, blah, 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 blah. And like he ended up organizing like the whole thing and back in LA and next thing you know, he's like, come, like I have the scene for you, this blah, blah, blah. And like next thing you know, I did my first DVD because the other one, other one was like a website. And then I did that DVD. I remember I was super nervous because it was like first time working with someone besides my boyfriend. And I remember I was like high on drugs. And um, yeah, I did that scene. And like people say today, this like their favorite scene. <laughs> That's dope. Lisa's like, yeah, it's, a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. It was such a mess. All right, so yeah, um, I never watched Transform before and anything like that. So like, this might sound ignorant, but like, how like how is it done? What do you mean, like how is it done? Like so, because I, I know you said that uh, you got everything clipped and everything's like a, like is it like anal sex or like anal sex? Yeah, anal sex, and or sometimes like you give it to. You receive or you get, yeah. Okay, dang. You know what they say uh, when you, uh, uh, like, you know how a blind person loses sight, but then he gets like better in other areas. Yeah. So is so that true? You, like for you? <laughs> oh, I think so. Yeah, I got. I definitely like it helped me like for like orgasms and stuff. I can like multiple orgasm and like stay hard longer and like. Yeah, I think it was kind of good for me, actually. Okay, and then your first porn video that you record, you was, you said you was on drugs, correct? Or I was, unfortunately, I was on drugs <laughs> because you was like embarrassed. You didn't like you didn't know how. I was very out. nervous. Yeah, I didn't know the guy. You know, I was like, I was really nervous. Yeah. I didn't like I didn't you know it's it's very uncomfortable to have sex with like a camera like so close to your genitals and back then you know I didn't really know how to like clean out and stuff so it was like a lot it was a lot yeah because then they're like all up in there and then it's also like I feel like it makes it just awkward in general yeah, it's so awkward. And there's like three people in the room and you're it's like, like okay. do I make a noise? Do I not make a noise? Do I say right. something? Do I not say something? <laughs> yeah, it's so like you're so com and I, I you know, I would really wanted to hook up with this guy, but I didn't know like it was gonna be like the cameraman and this and that and this person and that person. So it was a lot. Like okay. the, yeah. And then uh, I did want to ask you this too. Like how often do they require porn stars to get tested? Well, now we're tested every fucking two weeks. It's really like strict. So my porn veins, they, they're like dying because it's every two <laughs> weeks now. Yeah, it used to be once a month and now it's every two weeks. All right. And then... um. I did want to ask you this too, uh, because I heard a lot of porn stars talk about there's a lot of racism in the industry. But yeah. when you hear about when you hear racism, you're usually thinking about any, everything that's outside, like police brutality. You don't really think about like in the porn star industry. So when I heard that, I was like, "Dang, I never actually thought about it like that." Yeah, it's really bad, honestly. Like, uh, white the um non-white 
non-black counterparts get paid more money to like sleep with black people um we don't get like the equal pay rates the treatment's not the same like it's really bad it's really bad okay so i believe it i feel like that's women in general it's really bad it's like and then like you know they don't like promote you as much as they would promote your non-black counterparts like you know they get the splash page and the instagram and you're like uh like a couple companies that had to like go to their instagram and be like hey like i've shot for you guys at least five times like why don't you have a picture of me on your instagram like i'm confused oh that i've heard of that happening so bad it's so bad i'm like what it's like what was the point of me like doing that in the first place yeah, like I don't get it. And then if obviously I'm good enough for you to shoot me, then um, I'm good enough for you to shoot me. So why don't you put me on your website? I'm confused. It's it's so bad. Yeah, they also don't. They haven't nominated you for anything either. Well, that now they did. I think I sent on your page. You promote. You posted anything? Like no, I'm getting. Yeah, now I'm nominated. I'm winning. Ooh. I'm like everything now because I I made a big scene about it. I made a big scene about it. So now I got, I won Xbiz. I won, I'm nominated for Pornhub. All right. All right. So let's uh, get into uh, platforms like OnlyFans. Do you think platforms like OnlyFans are messing with Pornhub's money right now? Like, do you think people are like, why should I go on Pornhub or porn, the porn industry when I can just do my own OnlyFans? I mean, honestly, like, I I stopped, like, doing porn productions, too, because they fucking pay you so little, and then they exploit the fuck out of you, and then you don't, you don't, like, you don't need to do it anymore. Now you have OnlyFans, you can make so much money on your own. Well, and you don't even have to post anything. You can literally post your toes, and people are going to pay for that. Yeah, like, and I have a company, like, running my OnlyFans now, so they, like, help me out and, like, talk to the guys, and it's been really good, so they just offered me to do this one project, and um, this one project, and they were like, oh, we want to pay you this rate, and I'm like, excuse me, like, you guys are a huge company, like, you need to pay more, I make so much from my OnlyFans, like, I don't need to work for these companies anymore. Yeah. Um, so I did want to bring up this before we wrap it up. Um, okay. What was your thoughts when you heard Lil Boosie comment on Dwayne Wade's son or daughter transitioning? Oh, I don't like that. Like, people need to mind their own business. I'm sorry. I don't. It's so like, and that's a problem with us Black people. We always want to be where we don't need to be. Like, if the kid is happy, they're happy parents. Like, it's fine. Like, I don't get it. It's fine. Like, let the child be who they want to be. Like, it's not, I don't, I don't understand why people have so much opinion. I guess he felt like Dwayne Wade's son, from what, from my understanding, he feels like the kid is too young. He don't know what he wants or shouldn't be making decisions until he or she's 18 years old like that. Because no. that's a mm-hmm. life changer. 
that's like me forcing that's like me like growing up and me denying who i was and that's like the worst when you deny or make somebody deny who they are that's the most miserable life there is this is why a lot of people are in there the problems right now because they're living a lie they're not keeping true with themselves well i don't really know enough on it i mean if you had a kid what would you like if you had a kid and your kid expressed to you that they feel a certain way wouldn't you like acknowledge your child oh yeah for sure just because well i mean i have so many in my family that i don't really like i said it's not really looked it's not frowned upon it's not really like a negative subject in our household so you know I was just kind of raised on the sense where you just we accept all everybody you know I I would acknowledge my child I would love my child and I'd appreciate my child regardless of and I've told my kids you know in general I'm like you ever decide because my daughter you know her best friend is you know switch so if my daughter came home one day asking one or one of her friends had asked uh if why couldn't she be a boy if you know he gets to be a girl type thing you know and I think it's one of those things where sometimes they don't really understand so you know I just think that there has to be maybe like a little more knowledge for other people out there to understand but I you know I I personally would I I don't know I don't really see black white girl like I'm just kind of everything so I I'm, I don't know I mean maybe if I was raised without it then I would feel that way but I wasn't so so what and what what advice would y'all give parents uh because because oftentimes kids don't know about their gender identity and it's pushed on them by their parents and yeah kids like barbies and or they like cars so like what advice would you give parents like i said like if your child feels a a side of the way like give them the space to feel that way and embrace it and let them be supportive that's the best that you can do because when you like try to force your child to be something that's not even my mom told me the other day she's in i she never said this to me before but she's told me like recent like maybe a couple months ago she's like you know i wish i would have gave you that easy bake oven when you wanted it you know instead of not forcing you to not buying it for you like you just have to if the child wants that you have to support the child and give them what they want and just be with them on the path because it's a hard path to go on. Trust me, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Especially when you're confused and trying to find out who you are and you're not getting the acceptance that you need. Okay, and um, what do you think we can do better in society to be more aware of trans? I think we need to be more accepting, more understanding, um, show more compassion, You know, put trans people on the highest pedestal as possible because we have enough of problems as it is through our transition, through high school, through bullying, et cetera. So we need to put trans people in the highest pedestal possible and protect them. Like if they're like a rare, you know, butterfly or dinosaur or, you know, something, it's, that's what we are. And it's the life is hard enough as it is with us and all everything that we have to deal with. So I think you have to protect trans get yourself knowledgeable, like educate yourself on issues about trans, about 
about, you know, misgendering and how to address trans people. No, and I think they need to get uh, people in schools too for kids. And, you know, now I feel like it's more socially accepted. So it's kind of one of those things where people need to be able to ask questions. So that way somebody's there to answer the questions and the concerns that anybody might have. Yes, 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 I agree. I've been back to schools and like I went to my high school and spoke to them after at my transition and everything. And we need that more education. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, believe it or not, a lot of people are, don't know. So they're not educated. And I think we do need to be more educated on the topic. The more um, you know. Yeah, totally. So uh, let's wrap it up. Well, I guess with the last question I wanted to ask was... Uh, I seen that you messed with a lot of celebrities and athletes in the past, uh-huh. so, uh, and I know they sh- they made you sign waivers and concentric like forms and anything like that. So why do you think? Because um, I, I don't know if you remember the situation where people are when Young Jock went viral for going. I think was it Young Jock for, for messing with, with trans. trans? Yeah, yeah. and then you got Dwight Howard and a lot of people, and then when it comes out, they deny it. In your opinion, do you think they're they are into that or they just they're into trans people? Yeah, yeah. Of course they are. Of course they are. They just get caught and then they society shames you, which is really sad. Like society should just let you be who you want to be. At the end of the day, like I don't understand why everybody has an issue where somebody else puts their genitals. Like, why do you care if this person wants to stick their dick in a trans ass? Like, why, what's the importance of that? And what are people getting out of that? Like, calling people out and, and criticizing them and shaming them. Like, what do you honestly get out of that? Okay. You preaching over there. See, you might need a little. Yes. You might need a little. That's the way I feel. (laughs) Yeah, that's the way I feel. Like, what do you get out of that? Like, who cares? If you're, if you're a person or a famous rapper, actor, is sleeping with a trans, like, why do you care? And and just as long as it's consensual, they're not underage. What is the problem? Everybody else is talking out. Everybody, and but nobody's talking about that. Yeah, I don't rappers care. Rappers are out here. Uh, rappers are out here shitting and pissing on girls, uh-oh. and you know, doing all that. Ain't nobody talking about that. I might need to go grab my grab me some tea over this girl. She's spilling a little something over here. Uh- Okay. I can't too much tea, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't to be honest with you, I don't care what you are, I don't care what you do. I just want you to be real with yourself and open. I feel like just be honest with yourself and I have no problem with anybody. Do what you want to do, and I'm cool with it. As long as you're real with it, you're honest. That's all I ask for, and I'm cool with it. That's it. Have you ever been with a trans? Would you be with a trans person? No, I have a girlfriend and yeah, I have a son. Which you I guys can understand. have a threesome. What does that what does that have to do with anything? I'm just not into it. And um <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I know that that doesn't matter because there's a whole bunch of athletes and guys that you probably been with that have wives and kids and everything like that. So I know that for that that don't mean nothing because uh you hear like uh people that be like they come out there gay, like what's his name? Andrew Gillum. He's bisexual yeah. now. And he has a wife and the kids. And people are like, but he had a wife and kids. But then it's like, and what? Like, that doesn't matter nowadays. Like, 
It doesn't matter. No, and the the fact that a lot of people get married. I have a person that I'm talking to now, married with children, and he tells me like he wishes he was trans. Oh, uh, okay. But he didn't have the nerve to do it, and now he's like married with children. So now he's like, oh, it's too late. I'm like, it's never too late if you want. If that's what you want, do it. And like he's like, oh, I admire you for for being able to do that. Like I wish I can do it, but I, I feel like it's too late now. Not even that. It sounds expensive too. <laughs> I know. Um, He's yeah. famous. He got the money, honey. He can do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, would you do a threesome with a trans, Lisa? With you and your husband? No, because I'm selfish. I wouldn't do it with anybody. Yeah. I don't like sharing at all. You know, so what's mine is mine. It's not all to, to yourself. So, you know, the idea is phenomenal. You know what I mean? But it's just not going to happen. It's, you know, one of those things where you can fantasize, but it's not going to actually be practiced because. You know, I'm too selfish for that. She'd get too close and I'd end up fighting the bitch. It just wouldn't end up getting any further. Yeah, but Natasha is saying like, eh, she's you're too close. She's saying that you haven't met her yet, that's why. <laughs> your husband, your husband, your husband's gonna be the one jealous, not you, because she can be taking care of you. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh day. Um, but yeah, um, that was my last question. So thanks for coming on. Wrapping, let's wrap this up. Um, I know you say you gotta go somewhere after this too. So uh we're not I'm gonna doing a little up. live show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. But I would love to come back any other time to educate your guests and your people. And if you have any questions, you know, look me up. I'm an open book. Where everybody can find you. Let everybody know where they can find you because uh, your Instagram um, deleted like every time. Yeah, just go to my Twitter. It's Natasha Dreams X. And that's pretty much the most stable thing right now because Instagram, I'm on like my fourth account, Natasha Dreams New. Let's see how long that lasts. But like my Twitter is Natasha Dreams X. You can go to my OnlyFans, it's natasha'sdreamland.com. But pretty much Twitter is the constant to reach me now since I'm getting flagged on Instagram all the time. Perfect. All right. I'm going to hit that follow. Yeah, <laughs> I'll follow back. Make sure you guys link up, man. Because, you know, makeup, yeah. hair. Yeah, of course. Whenever you're here, I got you, boo. I'm there all the time. I'm there all the time. So let send me your info and definitely I will look you up so you can hook a girl up, honey, when she's in Miami. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for being patient. I feel like I need to get that hair. outfit too. This is a little Asian, <laughs> a little Asian provocateur, you know, number. Oh, I see. Yeah, for my live show. <laughs> well, I've been starving myself because I'm shooting the cover of a magazine um day after tomorrow, naked. No, stop. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm like, we need to see I'm that fasting. Don't you fast like around this time till like next day, eleven, like eleven, twelve o'clock? Yeah, I probably I'll eat like something after this, after I finish my show, and then I won't eat again until like two p.m. tomorrow. All right, thanks for coming on. Make sure to come Thank back. Thank you again. for having me. Yes, whenever you guys Thank need you like so much. 
set me up. Look me up. Thank you, guys. Have a nice night. Bye-bye. You too. <laughs> Hard culture.